everyone, welcome to the Winging It F1 podcast. This is very early for us, uh, probably, probably a new record, and probably a new record for the least waffling before we've hit record, because we've got to do stuff, because we're adding yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, bus trips and stuff. But, uh, it's the Hungarian Grand Prix <laughs> review. Uh, yeah, work, whatever that is. Hungarian Grand Prix review. What a mad, mad race. It was still a couple of days ago. I'm still so, I guess, hyped about it, about everything that happened. Uh, I forgot to ask, how are you guys doing? So I'll ask that now. <laughs> how are you I'm, I'm, doing? Doing, <laughs> I'm doing wonderfully, considering it's early. Um, it's not actually that early. The sun's out. Um, but yeah, I'm doing actually quite good. And yeah, it was a very, very, very good race. Very enjoyable. Brilliant. Yeah, I think I'm... I'm the same. I feel quite bad saying it's early because it's like past eight o'clock. Like it's really not that bad on the scale of professional lives. But um, yeah, I just, it's oh, just, just what a fantastic race. I feel as, as much as, you know, I kind of came into F1 as a Hamilton fan. I'm also just a sports fan and seeing like, seeing that kind of race. That you saying just that know, during that, the race. The, the, <laughs> Well, no, I, you know, as 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 I was watching it, I was you know just kind of feeling quite privileged to be able to watch that, and because you're watching it, uh, well, I was listening to it, but knowing that it's you know that it's just going to be legendary, and people are going to be talking about that for years and years and years after F1, um, sorry, after after the season. So, yeah, I think just just being able to witness that, I did you know feel quite quite lucky with that and you know I was willing to let the um results slide for that and the fact that it was a very likable new race winner as well it wasn't you know it was so yeah it was just a, a really good afternoon yeah the 111th race winner in F1 I can't remember who we chose after Gaz after Perez won sorry because I remember we chose I think one of us chose Sainz oh. uh, yeah <laughs> uh, well we chose Ocon <laughs> I don't, I don't even though he came it. second in that race and securing uh, uh, <laughs> he should have won it if Perez had been taken out at that one but where do we think it was won because obviously there's a number of factors do we think one factor was bigger than the other was it Alonso's battle with Hamilton was it Ocon himself was it Aston Martin well obviously say if Vettel didn't get the score five we'll get on to that was it the slow pit stop or was it everything three things that you just said it's um... lap one chaos <laughs> yeah, lap one chaos, which Ocon used his wet weather prowess and just intellect to keep his nose clean, um, which obviously worked wonders. Um, two is the fact that even though they were second, they still were the first to go into the pits. So they were ballsy in that position because they were so out of position that they th- you'd think, oh, hold second, just be you know as normal as possible. Well, they were ballsy. They went for the gamble. They pitted for the dry tyres. Um, and then a combination of Alonso's epic defence <laughs> and Sebastian Vettel locking the rears ever so slightly as he went into his pit box, meaning he went slightly too far down. Yeah, I think I think if I was if I was going to pick one moment, it'd be the Alonso because I feel like that decided. I guess like as the la- as that's the last thing out of the the list for just made that's the last thing and you know it really did felt like if Lewis had got past 
Alonso at you know lap fifty yeah. to fifty five, then he still would have won the race despite everything else that had that had happened. So I'd I'd say that, but you know the the others are you know were were major major contributing factors when half the group wipes out at turn one, including <laughs> um, like four of the top five in the championship. And, and I think I think we're all going to agree, but Ocon drove absolutely brilliantly under that in that position for the first time, just like Gasly at Monza last year. For over 60 laps, he held Vettel, four-time world champion behind Vettel himself, said Ocon didn't really make a mistake. And he just delivered under the pressure. And it was just a fantastic, fantastic drive. And, you know, it, it, it's not often these... Uh, chances come up for these midfield drivers in F1 these days, so you have to deliver when you get those chances. Unlike unlike Lance Stroll last year, and Ocon did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, first win since his only win in GP3. His first GP3 win in was his first ever GP3 race, yeah. and that's his first win since then in twenty May twenty fifteen. So, um, I mean, I'm sure he's won like GT Sport or something, but um, <laughs> that's his first actual single seater victory since um, 2015. So, fair play to him. That was, yeah, very, very well done. Very good performance. I'm really happy for him, actually. I'm really happy for him. Yeah, so am I. And I think you kind of saw that from, from a lot of the drivers and, and what. Hamilton put mm. up and I know um, him and Stroll are very close as well but yeah I think you just saw that from all the drivers and looking at um, obviously where where he comes from and it's not your traditional motorsport family and kind of is he had to make a lot of sacrifices and his family had to make a lot of sacrifices and then get under the wing of um, Mercedes and Toto to um, be able to gr- progress to a point where he'd be able to enter F1 and then having such a good season with uh, for India Racing Point, I can't remember which end of the oh. season Racing Point, didn't they? Um, and then it, you know, kind of the whole paddock seemingly being up in arms that he he wasn't on the grid for the next season, but he wasn't um, a difficult last year against Ricardo, and you know where it kind of just it wasn't really the return that many people expected. And then this year with Alonso coming in, and he has actually. Um, you know, pulled his finger out and made a much better fist of it this year and got rewarded with a big contract and then hadn't, you know, really performed as well since that big yeah. contract came in. And then, yeah, to to take the first win, it's, you know, I was, I was so, so, so pleased for him. And as you say, it, it was it was completely deserved and it, it he just drove, he drove what he needed to do. That's, that's kind of the end of it. And it's, yeah, it's just fantastic. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah, if anyone else wants to say anything on, on Ocon, do jump in. But one thing that, as we've already talked about, was that helped Ocon was his teammate Fernando Alonso. That battle with Hamilton. I mean, there's two standout battles in F1's turbo hybrid era for me, or three now. Uh, Hamilton, Rosberg, Bahrain, and Leclerc versus Verstappen, Silverstone 2019. And I think this, this is up there with that. And that was phenomenal. I think it was 10 or 11 laps of just pure out-and-out racing between two world champions, corner after, well, for the first four corners, lap after lap, and it was brilliant. How much did you guys enjoy that? Oh, it was fantastic, wasn't it? It was excellent. And you can compare it to those two battles by saying, oh, and with this one, Alonso was in a 
a car that was a second a lap slower on the same tire and was had a tire offset anyway and he was doing that those kind of that kind of defense um fair play to fernando alonso for keeping hamilton behind for that long it was brilliant it was just heart and mouth stuff it was really just insanity to watch i i couldn't quite believe that he kept him behind so much yeah like he would push him out and you could just see there were bits where Hamilton would get on the outside and Alonso would just be like, well, Alonso's not going to let him around here. And he just <laughs> isn't. And then Alonso would then sweep back to the left before turn three. Just like, oh, well, oh, that was always going to happen. And it's just like, there was a moment um, in turn one where Hamilton looked to be trying to get a switch back. So Alonso just didn't accelerate off the corner and then Hamilton had to back off and then Alonso accelerated. And I thought that the awareness of your surrounding to sort of risk a move like that and the skill of the racecraft there. Hats off, mate. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm, yeah, it's it's just it's, it's just car placement. It was just perfect every mm-hmm. single time. He just put it exactly where he needed it to be. And you know, the the, the kind of field that Hamilton was working through, you know, there's it's not bad races, but he was just able to side through it. And then yeah, you just come come up against Alonso and just how fantastic is it to see you know someone who kind of came in in 2007 like to see that again was um was quite nice but yeah it's you know that's just one one of the best drives one of the best you know kind of textbook performances of defensive driving that you know we we've seen ever yeah the racecraft is just off the scale how smart he was as funny says his awareness and Hamilton was like three and a half seconds faster when he was catching up per lap so you'd think that he breezed by and he did when he got when he got eventually got past and then went past sides uh so I just I don't really know how he did it it was just um, unbelievable Alonso has said some stuff um afterwards that maybe Hamilton's lines in the in yeah, turn third the Red final Bull two drivers, corners said. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he said that some of Hamilton's lines were a little bit um, off in the final two corners before the DRS and that he sort of figured it out afterwards and got a bit better at getting closer to him and then he used that on Carlos Sainz and we saw him dispatch Carlos Sainz very quickly um, down the main straight so um, there is that um, but I mean how much of that is true or not we don't know I mean Hamilton still set poles so I don't think his final set I don't think he's got some lines that are a little bit um, wrong to be honest so um, I think it's just a mixture of that of maybe just dirty air in some parts of the track that help out a little bit more too yeah I mean you know he's he's got eight wins at Hungary I don't think he's you know that yeah he's not missing <laughs> a line is he <laughs> yeah but um, I, I, I think that I don't know to me it's just it's like that was Alonso having a bit of fun really yeah. and yeah afterwards and I I guess also, you know, maybe not so much for turn one, but Lewis, it, I don't know. It, I guess the championship would have been in his mind that it yeah, would have I been better so. to get a um, fifth place than wipe out when the seven was out of the, or, you know, far down the order. So I think that probably played into it a little bit, but, you know, that's compared to the, um, pace disadvantage that Alonso had, that's nothing. And, you know, it shouldn't take away anything from, from Alonso's performance and the battle as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's, let's talk about Hamilton. He's been bumped up to second after the, the, squal- the squalification for Vettel. Mm. Uh, were 
I guess, where did he lose the race? That's that's the question. Oh, I wonder where. Um, was it when they didn't pit for dry tyres <laughs> for the standing restart? I don't think it was mm. a mistake, that. No, I don't think it was a mistake. I think it's if you do that and you're in first, you're on a track where track position is key. It's a really difficult call to make. Um, that's why I think the Ocon call for that was fantastic. But, but, but um, what... Well, what, what I was going to say was, what I mean by that is, if you if he comes in first, uh, then he's got to wait for the whole field to go by. Well, there were gaps, he, though. I think there were gaps I that were formed by other teams trying to be sporting for themselves. Like Alonso was backing everyone though, up for Ocon. because yeah. if he gets an unsafe release, gets a drive-through penalty or ten-second penalty time penalty or whatever, or gets damaged as we saw with Mazepin and Raikkonen, that's and that's a bigger risk than being yeah, caught. So I don't think it yeah. was that bad of a mistake. I really but, don't. Well, I, I feel it's like it's in a better situation can't... to be like what tenth with dry tires when everyone else is there, rather than six or seven seconds behind fifteenth, thirteenth. But it's like, yeah, it it would have been a mess. But I mean, that's not what they foresaw. They didn't choose not to do it because of that. But it's what's happened, and. They sort of ended up in a bit of a lose-lose situation because they were the first car, but they never seemed to contemplate dry tyres at all. And, I mean, I don't necessarily think if they really thought there was going to be more rain, but um, in their heart of hearts, I think they just said that to Hamilton just to like, calm him down a little bit, um, to say we thought there'd be more rain. Um, but, yeah, either way, that is where the race was lost. I mean, we can I've... we can say maybe it wasn't the best idea or not, but it is where... Hamilton lost the lead and ended up 15th. End of fact. I, I think the mistake was not rolling out of the pit lane on the restart for the formation. In fact, every driver didn't do this. They didn't go out on dry tyres because you can change yes. tyres, but no one chose to. That yes. was a bigger mistake for me. Yes, that is I definitely guess. a bigger mistake. But again, like I, I don't know. the same mistakes, so you kind of get why that's happened. It's, because it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's the kind of idea of it being like, um, we were only being under a red flag for about 15, 20 minutes. It's, 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 the chances of it being super dry are really limited, and it was, but that's the thing. I, I don't know. I feel like the, you know, at that point, you've not been out for the rest of the track. You can see it, but you're not kind of driven around it. So I kind of understand why they didn't do that, or maybe on the back. I mean, Giovinazzi went on to dries at the end of the formation lap for the. Yeah first yeah. start and then switch back <laughs> that actually was a gamble though that, <laughs> that wasn't that built was, in any science that, or anything that was just that let's yeah, do it the, the the switch back um was quite a quite a bad and costly move um but you know i don't think you know ocon going out especially ocon going out on intermediates for the restart i think you know that's a, it'd be a pretty um ballsy move to gamble away that track position i i do I do think it was quite a big mistake, actually, um, for for Hamilton. Not, I don't know whether they just weren't looking out for it or weren't thinking about it. But you know, if if they if they had gone in, I think they would have, you know, he he would have been within the top ten for definite, and then yeah, I think he would have won. Which it, in in many ways, I'm kind of glad that he didn't because it set up the race. But in in you know, to be such a classic, but. You know, in terms of Mercedes maximising what they could have got out of it, I think that's the point where 
you know, and, and drivers were calling it, or every other driver, Russell said that they were all going to pit, you know, a fair few corners before they came in. So I think, you know, as I say, I don't know what, whether they just weren't thinking about it or what, but it, it, it was know, just they were, they were decision, thinking about it. it. They were thinking you can't, about it. It's just, you it's just that it's, them, are you? you are on no, the you restart. Are. You are on the restart because it's, the race has started. Um, and that's so they were able to speak on that one. They weren't able to speak in the obviously the formation lap before lap one, but on this one they are. So, um, all oh, right, I, I, I thought you weren't for some reason. Yeah, I, I didn't no, know. No, it's fair enough. Fair. It's fair enough that you thought that. Um, because it's it was and it was so close to the start of the race, and it's what the Hasses got penalties yeah. for last year. Um, but yeah, it, it's just like they were discussing like, oh, Hamilton going, oh, it's dry here. It's a dry line at turn two, dry line turn three. Oh, it's dry at turn four. And they're like, okay, Lewis, okay, Lewis, copy that. Um, it's a standing start, da 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 Um, just going through the procedures, but the, so it was kind of like there was a discussion about it being dry. But I think they just value the track position of first place at a track where we've seen from Alonso that it is a tricky track to overtake if you position your car pretty well, especially if you're Hamilton in the car that with the car behind you, a car that qualified over a second off you, um, then you take track position really. But yeah, it's all well and good with hindsight's twenty twenty. It's a wonderful thing, and we can look back and go, "Oh, everyone pitted," but like. It was so bizarre that everyone pissed. You've got to just think back and just be like, yeah. oh my God, this is the weirdest thing in the world. We've got one car on the grid. Like, um, like the fact, the chances of that happening, even like with a corner to go on that lap, were very difficult I, to predict anyway. There's about one in 1,070 F1 races, I reckon, the chances of that happening, <laughs> because it is just oh when, when that was happening i was going mad i could not believe what i was seeing <laughs> like, yeah yeah you know i i understand that but every every other driver did and every other driver made the right decision to do it so you know it just if the car in front of you does it it's easier to do it isn't it mm, but still you know people people were calling it before they got to that stage before they knew what other people were doing yeah. and people you know, with less to lose they, is my thing though it's just they, like they shouldn't george russell kind of be making those decisions out of kind of fear like if, if they think it's the right decision they should back it I yeah and that's the thing they thought it was the right decision to try and hold first place yeah and you know that's just where i think it was quite a big mistake and you know it came back came back to haunt them but as I say set up an amazing race so you know I, I'm glad they did it really and Hamilton's drive itself was excellent especially when he uh, changed mm. to the hard tyres after about 20 laps where he was stuck behind Schumacher Verstappen Ricardo that, that battle he really came alive on those tyres and that's what put him in a position to even have a chance of winning then the Mercedes classically out well not out Fox, I guess they used the pace of the car and strategy to to do something aggressive, which was nice to see. Uh, and I think, really, after that mistake, as Adam points out, he didn't do much wrong, Hamilton, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he put a, put a foot wrong after that. And, you know, the um, outlap and then the next lap on the hard tyres to yeah. um, overhaul Verstappen and Ricardo was just mega. It was just absolutely mega, and from there, because he was, it, it was, it was kind of, 
bad team radio Lewis um, when he was stuck behind, you know, stuck at the back of the pack and behind Giovinazzi, I think, um, at the start of the race and just, you know, wasn't wasn't into it at all. And it was as much, um, you know, as obviously advantage it gave the, the car and gave him some clear air. I think psychological boost he got from that, from going onto the hard tyres and just... Um, putting in some fast times and then getting ahead of the staff. And I think that was absolutely massive as well, because that kind of, you could hear on the team radio that it changed, you know, the kind of way he was, he was looking at the race. So, you know, I think that shouldn't be underestimated either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a moment where there was a mistake and I cannot think of a mistake on track by Lewis Hamilton. Um, from his comeback around the final sector, according to Alonso, according to Alonso, mistakes. Um, yeah, um, well, 65 <laughs> because he got past science, yeah, and he learned enough. it. Um, but, um, I don't know, it's just the fact, even when we got to the final final lap, I was surprised at how close he was to Vettel and Ocon. Yeah. He was still and, three seconds faster on those, yeah, five, exactly. Right? On and the, the drop off on the mediums was, was, um. <laughs> <clears throat> kind of, it, they stayed relatively really good performance, and then there was a bit more of a cliff. The Hans had such a kind of um, single line sort of drop off on a graph. It was so sort of ordinary for the hard to sort of manage it. Whereas the mediums were a much trickier tire this weekend, and he managed that so well whilst fighting, um, whilst pushing like there's no tomorrow. And yeah, he yeah drove a fantastic race to be honest. Yeah, and his qualifying was very good as well. I think it's one of his most mm. underrated laps, but uh, yeah. we've yep. got a lot to talk about. So yeah. uh, so let's talk about Vettel. The qualified with Aston Martin are appealing uh, the decision by the stewards to, uh, who said that he didn't have enough fuel in his car to take a one-litre fuel sample. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear. Some people are saying, oh, why are they doing this? But, you know, it happened to Hamilton at McLaren, Spain 2012, and Canada one year. I can remember when we were. That was qualifying. That was slightly yeah, different. qualifying, I guess. But oh, it's, it's the still, same rule. Same principle. Yeah, it's the same thing. Not having... So, yeah, it's, it's not something that comes up often, but it's, it's a pretty slam dunk disqualification, I think. Unfortunately, yes. Um I get what people are complaining about it because, yeah, as a rule, they only need really a pipette's worth of fuel to test it. They don't need a litre. They can do it with a teaspoon. But um, it's like, <laughs> yeah, maybe that, that kind of needs to be looked at in terms of like, well, do we need to be so aggressive with our requirements post-race? Um, because it does make this kind of situation feel a little bit null and a bit crap frankly but it's yeah again it's a slam dunk rule and the rule has to be respected um they haven't actually officially appealed yet as we record this they've only done an intention to appeal which means they can keep the car in the fia seals and stuff like that and it means they can keep the fuel tank crucially as is so they can say look at this more fuel in there i think because they're just trying to wait for the system to sort of ooze out all the fuel, I think, from the engine. But it's kind of like, at the end of the day, if from the traditional format of picking it up, there is enough fuel, then if that's it, really, I'm afraid. And it's, it's a real shame because I really wanted Vettel to get that podium and I was really happy that he did. Yeah, and you, I... Yeah, it, it's really gutting for 
Vettel. It's you know it it was especially after um, you know the kind of LGBTQ plus stand he'd made, given Hungary's or the Hungarian government's um, really negative stand on that. You know I thought that was extremely admirable and something that I think the German football team tried to do when they were playing in Hungary or playing in Munich against Hungary and were blocked by UEFA. So. You know, and it just, oh, it was such a shame. Like, he he drove a really good race. I mean, it was a bit like Ocon in the sense that, you know, he got through the carnage at the start and was just there. But, you know, he, he still had to take advantage of that. And he did. And, yeah, it's just, I, I, I just felt like such a such a shame for him. At least he got the moment on the podium, I guess. Um, you know, it wasn't like immediately after, but... Yeah, it's it's just such a shame. But as as you both said, it's not you can't really debate it. Like it's it's a rule. It's blatantly clear what you've got to do post race, and you know it's it's not they can't they can't start changing these rules like mid season, mid you know just straight after a race because a popular driver got a podium. It's you know it just didn't work like that. And um, yeah, and I I just think you know it's it's. Harsh but clear, what they say. When you park yeah. up on track afterwards, then it's like a red rag to a bull to the stewards to say, "Check us to see if we've got enough fuel." It's that kind of thing. They could have could... avoided being randomly spot checked to um, um, be looked at the fuel, but the stewards like, "Oh, well, we'll give a look at that then," because he's stopped on track. And do you think he could have completed the lap with three hundred milliliters of fuel? Yeah. Right. Um, but either way. Who knows? They would have probably checked anyway, but um, I don't know. I feel like oh, they I only thought, checked like three or four cars. I don't know. I might be. I might be completely well, wrong. I, I, you might be I, I, right. I don't but... know either. <laughs> yeah. they did all of them, to be fair. Yeah. It's, it, 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 it's it's something you'd take extra care on if you see a car stopped on track if you're an FIA technical delegate. Because well, they're very clever, even though they give reprimands for wearing t-shirts during the national anthem. Like Christmas Day for them, really. Yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, Vettel's drive for me, it was every bit as good as... Well, not not every bit. It was a few small errors just like with the pit stop and a couple, yeah. couple lock-ups there where he was maybe out of position when he, when he, when he couldn't really get close enough to mount and attack. But I kind mm-hmm. of felt he had a bit more pace or just with the nature of the track, he wasn't able to use it. Uh, yeah yeah it was definitely the car was set up for the race more than it was for qualifying because the Aston Martin didn't look like it deserved to be in Q3 to be honest but Bethel got it there Um, and I think yeah he did look like he had a little bit more pace in the race but um, Ocon had the pace where he needed to to keep him sort of at the back end of DRS which meant that if Vettel was two, three tenths closer, there would have been a move to turn two and he would have sailed away, really, for a few laps and Hamilton would have won the race because Alonso wouldn't have fought so hard. So, um, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a few little errors probably cost the win, but at the end of the day, they still gained a second place on the road. Yeah, and they were pushing Another. hard all race, which is exactly what what we want to see. You know, these race long yeah. battles between two drivers. I don't mm-hmm. think there was more than two seconds, or, or not not often there was more than two seconds 
splitted them throughout the 60-odd laps to the fires in four. So and the only point it was really two battery. seconds was around the pit stop phases. Um, mm. And that was probably crucially where it needed to be at the 1.5, arguably mm. one second point. If you look at Hamilton's, we've already discussed his undercut on Verstappen and Ricardo. The power in that undercut was exceptionally strong. So it would have been, and it was there for Vettel. I think, no, I think no one expects it to be that close for Vettel and Ocon because of Ocon's gap to Vettel on those medium tyre on the drop off there. It was he managed it better, did Ocon, because he wasn't because he's in the clean air. Um, so Vettel arguably needs to be a little bit closer there for probably about two or three laps rather than one fast lap, that kind of thing, to try and get close to then just then do a better undercut. But you know, yeah. They're all little things that contribute to not winning the race, unfortunately. And oh, the fuel. And the, yeah, and the big one being the fuel that yeah. gets you disqualified. Well, like, yeah. Uh, if you take the lead, then you can stop pushing a bit more and you can save the fuel. But, I mean, that's a little thing. Yeah. Again. And, and the reason both Vettel and Ockham were in that position was because of the mayhem at Turn <laughs> 1. <laughs> the Bottas and Stroll. Bottas remarkably taken out both Red Bulls by hitting Norris, Norris and hit Verstappen and then Bottas made a second re-impact with Sergio Perez. He just couldn't make it up. Leclerc's called it a bowling game. I think Ferrari's Matteo Bonotto has called it stupid. Um, <laughs> I'd have to agree. It was stupid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't like... It was his breaking point. He broke late. It kind of... Really? It's, it's not like the worst thing that's ever happened on an F1 track, but it's just like because he did it at the start right behind yeah. <laughs> the race leaders, Bar Hamilton, then it's just like, yeah, it, it, it was it was, it was was bad. There's nothing really, I, d- I don't know. It just feels like there's not really much more to say. Could they have done it from a safety car start? I don't know, but... Um, no. <laughs> no, we don't start, want to see that. We no, really then, don't want to see that. Then it, it shouldn't be a safety car really. start if the fault is because a driver breaks thirty to forty meters later than the breaking point yeah. on the track. That's a massive error. I mean, you can say that he lost downforce because um, there was a squeeze between a, a sandwich gap that closed between Verstappen and Norris, which is true. But if you I add that, that to the yeah. Um, but like the braking then was still ridiculously late. I, oh I my think, lord! I think it, was it was like a dry braking zone. That's the thing for me. That's the thing. I think this... it was, the sandwich is negligible comparatively, really, compared to how long it took for him to then think it was okay to brake. It might... I think. I think the sandwiching was kind of the start of the chain reaction because he lifts that he lifts there, and then chooses to get back on the power. I don't know whether he kind of lost his bearings in terms of like how far he was down towards the corner or not, but I feel like it was kind of sure, the, sandwiching, sure the sandwiching happens and he lifts lifts off and then it's just the decision to get back on the power is where it where it goes wrong really because then you know that was basically where he needed to be breaking. Um so I can kind of see how it came about, but you know that doesn't excuse it. And he's not a good wet weather driver. It, you know that's that's what it comes down to. He's, um, you know, he he's just I don't remember him having a good performance in the wet really. And it's 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 just a massive. As I don't know. It's, I, I mean, to to me, as soon as I kind of saw it, saw it was raining at the start. I thought, oh dear, he's in trouble. Um, 
but you know it t- turns <laughs> turns out he wasn't and to, t- to take out that many drivers I mean bloody hell how come Bottas got a five grid place penalty which isn't harsh harsh enough I don't think I think it should be ten why didn't Stroll get a penalty Stroll got a five place grid penalty he has got a penalty never mind let's yeah. move <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, he, I thought about the Russell incident at Imola where Nigel said he should get a grid penalty and me and Freddie said he shouldn't. Um, but I, I don't know, it's kind of looking at those two incidents, it feels difficult to... Completely different. Like, it feels like the Russell one was a slight... One's breaking. Slight one's sort of like a, a centimetre issue. Whereas the issue with this one was about 30 metres. So that's an income, like, as an error, that's huge. Yeah. I'll the tell error for this worse. one Hamilton's was so much bigger. With, with Verstappen at the British Grand Prix, that was worse than this. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. No. Let's, let, yeah, let's not get into No, that. we don't. Uh, nah, whatever. Do it in isolation. Close. It caused, it caused me stopping. Yeah, I really wish I didn't say that. That's one of the worst <laughs> things. Actually, it's not one of the worst things. But, uh, oh, God, let's what's talk about the stopping's damage. I mean, mm-hmm. Red Bull did really well to uh, <laughs> yeah. as much as possible. They're like a World Rallycross crew or something, just jumping on <laughs> the car in, in over a 10-minute period, throwing bits, sellotaping parts, everything. I mean, he did well to get two points, I think, because he, he, I mean, Christian Horner said he had, he probably had less downforce than Mick Schumacher. Fourth fastest lap. Which kind of, which kind of says how bad the Haas is this year. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's just been pretty unfortunate for Stappen again. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. his mistake that crashed into him. Um, and, Really, honestly, the fact that that car made it to the finish is amazing. Really, that's well, I'm yeah. sort of tipping my hat. Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's it's just again, it's it's unlucky, and I mean, it's, I don't know. It, I guess it was a good race for it to happen, and because there were so few finishers um, ultimately, yeah. but like, yeah, you know, he did did well to get the result and. Don't really feel like you can say much more than that. Although I would say, you know, it's it came down to um, Lewis, you know, taking pole position and Verstappen not really being able to compete there, which we might talk about later. I don't, I don't think know, he had the but, car really. Six mm, tenths. Well, you know, Lewis is still quicker in Q two. Was, was yeah, even his Q two that was still what three tenths away. His Q two that would have put him front row. But um, yeah. But that's just, I mean, yeah, that's you know getting the tyres in the perfect window and so on, and so forth. And yeah, it's third place was still very good, I think, really, considering he had a crack in his engine. Um, and I mean, they say they much they can say it doesn't have performance impact, but like, wow. Um, so I think, yeah. Who knows where Rebel are going to be, but they will come back from this, to be honest. They're only 10 points, eight points behind in the championship, is it? Yeah, so the drivers, yeah. The swing hasn't actually been as big as it could be. Mm. Yeah. 
I've, I'll give you one minute, Adam, to talk about Cole Fongs. I know he wants to talk about it before we took before we get onto Williams. Go. Um. Yeah, I I wish I'd been given a bit more preparation for that because now it feels just like <laughs> just a minute, which is some repetition already and some hesitation at the start. But yeah, it's don't deviate. I I, I just feel like. Mercedes have found a way to deal with the Red Bull problem of following them out in qualifying. And, you know, it felt like Red Bull kind of recognised that, really. I don't think they were really up in, as up in arms about it as um, most fans or most Red Bull fans, to be honest. Um, but, you know, it, it's... I, th- I think after Silverstone, then we... Or at Silverstone, then we saw um, Hamilton going out and immediately going on the radio saying, oh, look out, look who's gone out behind me. And it was Max Verstappen and yeah they've it's it's been a Red Bull tactic for a while to be following Mercedes rounds and Mercedes have found a way to deal with it and I'm interested to see what happens next time out but I don't think you know it's it's kind of gamesmanship and I don't think it's um you know the worst thing that we've ever seen in F1 or anything close to that so, as some people are making it out to be, and I think I quite like the fact that Christine Horner has just said fair play. <laughs> They've done yeah. us there, and, um, you know, next time we'll we'll be back. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that, really. Yeah, and, if, and Norris, um, in fact, Norris started it, then there's five-second gaps all the way back down to Verstappen and Perez. That's all it was. It, it happens all the time. People just decided to make a meal out of it this time. So, it was exactly the same mm. as any other Q3 session this year. Uh, Williams... Uh, Wow. Nicholas Latifi. Not enough people talk about Latifi. He did better than Russell yesterday on different strategies. But uh, seventh and yeah, seventh and eighth. It's just incredible. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's nice, isn't it? Beating McLaren, beat a Red Bull, um, beat both beat both Alfa Romeos, beat a Haas. Top job. Ten think, points. Uh, yeah, Ten I think it seems like the kind of ultimate George Russell thing that as soon as he scores points, then Nicholas Latifi um, scores more than him and finishes. We've joked about that for ages, haven't we? Yeah, I thought I thought a few more people were talking about Latifi, but maybe that was just me. It kind of you know the the one time that Russell does score points in a Williams for the first time ever, and it's overshadowed by his teammate who he's been dominating in qualifying for um two seasons or one and a half seasons and yeah and then he then he goes ahead of him it's more points in this race than Williams had previously scored stretching back to Abu Dhabi 2017 um cumulatively and yeah it's just you know and, and the fact that George was kind of willing to sacrifice his race or impede his race to help Latifi I thought was quality as well and good second driver um material Mercedes if you're watching. So yeah, he's he's due to do a um tire test, I think, with them over the summer break. And you know, it's it's just happy. It's a kind of good news story for Williams, which have been in short supply really for, for a long while. And yeah, it's just, you know, it's as I say, it's kind of happy, happy to see and a double point finish is exceptional for them and kind of validates, you know, they've been unlucky or made bad calls in a lot of races like this over the last few years so to come back you know and and finally get it go right and get 10 points out of it is yeah just stunning really like I'm surprised I'm surprised it went well for them to be honest (laughs) it is stunning that's exactly it um and 
Latifi drove an excellent race. Russell drove an excellent race too. They both understood the their necessity for um, a minimum race time, really. And they were, I think Latifi was lucky; Sonoda was behind him as well. Um, um, but like, yeah, it was it was Kevin Magnussen in Hungary last year where he just was like, "I'm not going to fight you. I'm going to just drive perfectly, inch perfect for the entire race. You can get past me, please, by all means." Alex Albon, overtake me. Um, that kind of thing. And that's what they were doing. And it was fantastic. Well done, Williams. You deserve those points. Um, way more than Alfa Romeo. So, yeah. Alfa Romeo did yeah, not deserve points. So, pessimistic yeah, they, I mean, mistakes. They, they made mistakes at the worst race, really, with the uh, unsafe boys for Raikkonen and that gave him a 10-second penalty. Then Giovinazzi, when he did Even pick the slates... He speeded in the pit lane, but it must have been like quite a bit because he got a 10 seconds stop and go. Well, I mean, yeah, if you lock up slicks on a wet track going into the pits, I mean, I can kind of get that, but it's just kind of still just like, yeah, you're still going to get a penalty, mate. Yeah. So, I mean, they're arguably the biggest losers from Sunday with Red Bull, I guess, although this alpha, it'll be harder to get back. So I'd say they are big losers, but uh, yeah. is there anything else you want to talk about in the next couple of minutes before we wrap up? Um, I want to tip my hat to Mick Schumacher. Um, even though he didn't take part in qualifying due to his own mistake, he did a clean race very well and he got his elbows out in a really fun way. He did. I just have fun watching yeah. Mick Schumacher. That's yeah, really science, what I want to say. Science, science, on the science in first. Well. Yeah, we, we forgot about that. Well, very sorry, Carlos Science. Uh, sorry, he doesn't watch often. He could come back from 15th as well. Yeah. Mm. From a crash. Great again. job to get to fourth on lap one and then mm. to drop back to what in the pit lane kerfuffle and then to mm. then do a major overcut based on his own thinking. Before I yeah, like that... bid, it was like no, it was great. Well done, yeah. Carlos Sainz. Yeah, I think. Uh, well done, us. Bottas for all we've slated him, uh, getting the on Saturday he was good. Getting the if it had been the dry track, then I think that would have been very valuable. Having the second place on the grid and Ricardo felt quite bad for him. In fact, there are quite a few drivers caught up in the crash that I kind of felt like you know on on another day if they qualified differently or maybe even worse than they would have you know could have won so it feels quite you know it's it feels like there are a lot of drivers who could feel quite unlucky but at the end of the day that's racing and they'll benefit it from it sometimes and other times not so for one glorious moment for about five drivers they're all in second place it's like i'm going to be in second it's like oh no i've been crashed into it's quite (laughs) i feel bad for him it's best we don't talk about Ricardo today. Uh, we might talk about him in the next few weeks, though, along with probably Sergio Perez. We plan to do some kind of big podcast on him. Uh, Perez so, pod. yeah, don't worry. We are not taking a three-and-a-half-week break. We will probably have two or three podcasts before Belgium, which will be great for you listeners who I'm sure are enjoying them. Find us at Winged F1 on Twitter. Uh, on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube at Fredcoats1999 on Twitter at Adam Dickinson01. And you don't need to know my Twitter handle. Uh, so I think that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.